to follow in God's word, it's not difficult to proclaim. And uh, we, we will do just that uh, through the uh, morning and through the sermon. Um, the title of the message, Special Message, uh, that was his title last week. So don't expect as much interaction, <laughs> unless you want to say amen. You're welcome to say amen. All right. I have to tell you that when, as an army chaplain, uh, when stationed in Germany, I was the token Baptist preacher in our chapel. Uh, we had a Lutheran and a couple of other things. I'm not sure what they were. Um, I know one of them loved the Lord. I'm not sure about the other. But we had a rather large African-American community uh, over there. And one of the traditions on military chapels, I don't know about Air Force or, or Coast Guard chapels, but is the African-American uh, congregations provide what's called the gospel service. And being the token Baptist, I was given responsibility for the gospel congregation. They thought that as a Baptist, I could roll with them and preach with them and listen to the amens and just get going. It took a while. Uh, in one, they had their own pastors from within the congregation, and they would preach occasionally. I would preach uh, one Sunday a month. And they came up to me after a couple of months and said, Chaplain, Pastor, we're going to teach you to preach. Amen. Exactly. He says, now, now when you get an amen, roll with it. Ask for a second one. We had that experience last Sunday. After a year and a half with that congregation and then deploying off to uh, Iraq together in Saudi Arabia, uh, being their pastor down there, I learned how to roll with it. And my last message, they came up to me and said, Pastor, you got it. You got it. You can preach. And our, our time together on that Sunday lasted, instead of typical 25, 30 minutes, uh, about an hour and a half because I rolled with it. Uh, but, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so there's, there's some give and take. We are setting ourselves up for the next several weeks to study the book of Philippians. We had studied the church and, and laid some groundwork. Uh, on, on what the church is about. But now we're going to look at the book of Philippians as, as a, there's different ways to study the Bible. And some of it is thematic, like we did with the church. Some of it is to take a book of Scripture and go through it. So Philippians just lends itself to where we are, both in, in life for some of us, and where we are as a church, but just where the Christian people are in general and have been for about 2,000 years uh, since coming to Jesus coming into the world. So I, I'd like, it's only about three pages long. I encourage you to read the book of Philippians during this time. Uh, I encourage you to get excited about some of the themes that are in, uh, some of the themes, uh, partnership, attitude, good attitudes, not you got a bad attitude, but 
what God has given us so that we can have positive attitudes towards life and towards each other. The book of Philippians talks about prayer. It provides a passage that is a hallmark of divinity of who Jesus Christ is, both as a human being who walked here on this earth, but also as our risen Lord and Savior. Read chapter 2 and just read that passage. Uh, it's, it's been, it's, it will tell you who Jesus is. There's some quotes that we use often in our Christian life uh, that we rely on that come out of this book. Uh, he who began a work in you will complete it. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. And then we have the story of Jesus Christ going to the cross and humbling himself. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Just that ability to learn how to have joy in our lives. Another one is the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In the fourth chapter, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious grace. Joy is used in the book 14, 15, 16 times, some kind of form of the, the word of joy. Uh, and it seems like that might be the overarching theme of the book. It may contain other things, but the idea of joy in life, Christian joy in life, is obviously a great part of the book of Philippians. You might call it the glue that, that holds the book of Philippians together because joy is interspersed uh, throughout many of the things that God is using Paul to tell us about the experience in the Christian life. So even in the first chapter, in the verses that we read, and verses before and uh, following the, the passages that we read, joy is very much a part of that passage. But Paul tells us what his joy is based on in just these short verses. Let me read the passage again. I'm going to just highlight a couple of words. I thank God every time I remember you in all of my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership. It's right for me to feel this way of you since I've put you in my heart. And whether I am in change or defending and confirming the gospel... All of you share in God's grace with me. And this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that you might be able to discern what is best and be, may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. All of the scripture that's in that passage. But the three aspects of what Paul is basing his joy on in this, this these short few verses is the idea that God, that he is confident that God who began a good work is going to complete the work that he started. And it has many ramifications. Paul is confident of the partnership that he has with the people at the church of Philippi that that not only will God continue a good work in them, but they will continue to be partners as they have been from the time he first set foot in Philippi until the time that he is now writing to them several years later. And prayer. Prayer for them, prayer from them, praying together. 
everything that they do is basked in prayer, just as we mentioned earlier in this worship service, that what we do is basked in prayer. And so Paul is giving us an idea from his own heart about some of the joy that he has experienced and why it is based on some factors that are so rich for us to take and apply to our own lives. We talked about completion in Jesus Christ. Being confident of this, he who began a work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And because of that, Paul is thankful. Paul is confident that God is at work, that God is still doing a mighty thing in the people that he ministered to and began uh, a, a church with in Philippi 10 years earlier. And they've been apart for some time, but Paul is writing to them to to give them encouragement because he's confident that God is going to bring a work to completion. I said this wouldn't be interactive as much as it was last Sunday, but I would like everybody to stand up for a minute so we can interact on something, okay? Uh, So stand up for a minute. If you have a project that you started in 2018, even if it was December 31st, and it's not completed, you can sit down. Uh, Some of you are still standing. You completed a project. Great. Now, I want you to raise your hand if you got a complete project that you completed Two to three years ago, and it's still not completed. Now, there's a few of you. Okay. I see those hands. It's interactive. If you got a project that's over five to ten years old, and it's not completed. Yeah, some of the same people. (laughs) Although some of you didn't raise your hand that time. That means you you got those two-year projects done. Okay. If you've got a project that's over 15 years old that's not completed, stand up. <laughs> ah, Charlie, I, great. I know I'm in good company. Uh, if you've got a project that's over 30 years old and it's not completed, stand up. <laughs> Charlie, you, my wife, and I are the only ones standing. <laughs> but in reality... Many of us have a project that's still being completed because God is completing the project in us, okay? And we could all be standing to that one because unless you're under 30, we are a project that is still in process and to be completed. But Paul is confident that that project is going to be completed because it's a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, the best part of a project is the startup and the completion of a project. You get all excited when you're getting ready to start up a project. You've done all your, your laying out of the, uh, the, the process, how it's going to work. You, you're excited to get it started. If you're in business, uh, you've got a, a boss that has to approve your project. You go through that process. It gets approved. The funding gets approved. And there's a real excitement about launching that project. 
six months later when nothing has gone forward to any degree to report on, it's, well, yeah, I'm still excited, but if it's a project that's longer than that, it lasts a year, two years, three years, and it still doesn't seem to be a work in progress anymore, we kind of hit the doldrums. And we can get bogged down wondering if this is ever going to get done. I got a few of those. I got a few of those. I got a car sitting in my garage. Well, I, it's not even in my garage anymore because I had to pass it on to my son because he's going to live out long enough to finish that project. But I got an old car sitting in my that I've had for years that probably will never get finished. But it's a project in progress, right? Okay. But we get bogged down in the middle of these projects, and we don't see our way to completion. And sometimes in our Christian experience, we get bogged down because we wonder, as God is working with us and in us and completing what He has started in us, we wonder if God is even still there sometimes. We wonder if He has abandoned us. We wonder if somehow, maybe I should just turn and go the other way. Karen asked for prayer for a man named Greg. He's such a person that abandoned God in the middle of a process that God knew. And now, as he lays close to his deathbed, he's feeling whether he even knows God or not. God has not left us. God has not abandoned us. In the darkest of moments, God is walking with us. I'm reminded of the Exodus. When they left on that night of Passover and headed to the Red Sea and began to cross that Red Sea, there had to be some excitement that they were leaving their slavery behind it was a work that God was starting with the nation of Israel under their own identity. And he was going to take them away from slavery, cross the Red Sea, go through the wilderness and into the promised land. A covenant he had made with them years earlier. But what was taking place in years 32 and 35 and 18 and 13? Week one, week two. There were often times that they felt God had abandoned them, and they even turned to other gods in the process. But you know, God took them all the way through the wilderness, and 40 years later, they crossed the Jordan River into the land, a gift that God had promised them. And sometimes this project that God is doing takes much more than 40 years. depends on when you came to know the Lord. Because it's going to take until the day we die to find completion. And that wandering in the wilderness had a beginning and it had an end. And the end was very exciting when you complete that project. And they completed their wandering in the wilderness. Their action was complete. God's action was complete at that point in time with the nation of Israel. There were more actions to take place. More projects to take place, rather. But yet... God was with them in that journey in the wilderness. And sometimes our lives, takes, our lives take a journey through the wilderness. But God says, I'm with you. 
Don't turn to other gods. Find your joy in the fact that the work will be completed. And Paul was very confident that the one who began a good work in the church at Philippi, that same God was going to complete that work. What must have that felt like to the church at Philippi? To have the Apostle Paul say, Folks, I have confidence. I believe in you. And God is saying to us sometimes, I believe in you. I'm going to walk with you. You can do this. But what is God perfecting? On the one hand, it's salvation. The good work began with our response to God's offer of salvation. There's another term that we find often in Scripture. It's become a Christian theology. It's the word sanctification. And that's that process of what God is doing inside of us. And God is doing in terms of the work He has given us to do. In terms of the gifts that He's told us to, to build up and, and, and uh, to use to encourage others. God is doing a work and that process is sanctification. I invite you to read the fifth chapter of Galatians. We have a very good picture of where we were as human beings before we came to Jesus Christ. What life was like headed, like what was headed for us if we followed a life without God. We come to know Jesus Christ. And Paul writes in Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law about these things. Paul takes the law of human nature and tells us if we just follow the law of human nature, what it will cause us to become. And he compares that to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He's also looking at the law that was given to the nation of Israel while they were in that wilderness. And they could not keep that law. And so the law of human nature overtook them. But Paul is telling us that Jesus is sanctifying us through the Holy Spirit with a change of attitude and character that says, as God works with us, He is developing in us, and it's a process, a lifetime process. We will become people of joy, people of love, people of peace, people of patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. And these are being produced in us. We don't legislate some law that says you've got to become more loving. No, God is creating us and generating us a way to be more loving through what His Holy Spirit is doing us. He's equipping us for ministry, and it's a process. James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God for that wisdom you need. Very similar. God is completing a work. And even though there are struggles in life, those struggles pr produce perseverance. And that perseverance, when it is finished, we become mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Go back to Philippians chapter 1. 
Paul says that I am confident that the one who began a work, a good work, is faithful to complete that work. Paul's joy, not only is it based on realizing that God is completing a work in all of us, him, his readers, and even us now, that some of his joy is based on the partnership that he has with this church at Philippi. I thank God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I pray with joy. Why? Because of your partnership. Years earlier, Paul was on his, one of his missionary journeys, and he wanted to go to Asia, and he realized that he couldn't go there, even though that was his goal. He had a dream one night that maybe he should go to Macedonia because they needed his help there. And so he and his crew that was with him decided to go to Macedonia, which is where the Church of Philippi is. A strategic town. But while he was in Philippi, there were some things that happened that started his relationship with the Church of Philippi, which had not been established at that point in time. As you read in Acts chapter 16, Paul came into the city of Philippi, and he went outside the, the gates of the city and, and met with uh, some people that were uh, Jewish believers. They had not known Christ, but counted among those who were believers and trusted in God. And Paul met with them, converted a few of them. But also, Paul and his crew ran into a woman who was carrying a demon with her that allowed her the ability to 